Well, I don't know. It was, uh... <laughs> I don't really believe in hypnosis. Um, I don't know all that much about hypnosis, but... I don't know, that night, this senior ball, we were uh, coming back from... I mean, I don't know, Treasure wherever senior ball was. On the bus, I was kind of out of it. And when we got off the bus, I was like in a trance. I don't know. And then he asked me, Hey, Amir, are you coming into uh, the after party house? And then I didn't, I didn't answer him. And for some reason, I thought he was my dad or something. And I kissed him on the cheek. <laughs> and he just looked at me like, uh, Well, you okay. thought, you thought he was your dad? He was dark. He was, yeah, it was dark out. My dad's dark. He's dark. Though they don't look anything alike. I don't know. All right, anyways, uh, I'm here again with <laughs> special guest host Yams or Yamir. And last week we picked our season win totals for the Eastern Conference. And uh, we're doing it again with the West, a.k.a. the real NBA. So, uh, oh yeah, listen to us on uh, iTunes, rate and review. Just search Out of Pocket Podcast, soundcloud.com slash the Out of Pocket Podcast. And Twitter at Out of Pocket Pod. Make sure you give us a follow there. How you doing? Doing okay. We're gonna start right off with the heaviest of hitters, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they went seventy three and nine last year. Uh, they added that Kevin Durant guy, David West, Zaza Pachulia. Um, they lost Harrison Barnes, Andrew Bogut, um, Leandro Barbosa, Festazili, all gone. Uh, this is going to be the most <sighs> looked over team, evaluated team ever. Every possession and win is going to be, they're the greatest team ever or they're a huge bust. Uh, what do you think their over under win total is? So they, it seems like they added KD for, um, for like a dynasty, like four Pete and not necessarily... They didn't add KD for like eighty and two, or eighty two and zero, um, and I feel like they're gonna maybe. I mean, they already have the seventy three and nine record. So, as you once said about the Cavs, they're just gonna coast. You know, they have LeBron. They're not gonna win seventy games. So, I think. I think most bookies and bookmakers they know that the Warriors aren't pursuing 80 wins. So I'll say 69 and a half. 66 and a half. Oh, wow. But the fun thing about this team is that they give separate um, over-under totals. So you can also bet on 73 and a half. And the over on that is plus 400. So oh bet 100, win 400. And you can also bet over under 81 and a half, and the over on that is plus 5,000. So you can actually bet, you said this in the previous podcast, but you can actually bet um, for the Warriors to go 82 and 0. Which plus 5,000, like, isn't even that much. Yeah. That's like the same amount for, like, the Sixers to win the finals. Yeah. That's, so. okay, that, well. Yeah, so there's a lot of talk about um, if this front line is too thin. They have Zaza Pachulia, who I think is um, a better offensive player in terms of putting the ball in the basket than Bogut. I don't think he's as good of a passer. He's a much inferior uh, defender. Um, David, they added David West. They have Varejao again. 
James Michael McAdoo, they drafted Damian Jones and Kevin Looney, the rookie from last year. So I think some of the thought is their front line. Oh, and they have um, JaVale McGee. Mm-hmm. So I think some of the thought is that their front line is too thin and their big issue last year was after Bogey got hurt, they just couldn't get guys to get rebounds and defend the rim. And um, they didn't solve that issue, but the issue they did solve was... Um, Death. Well, was Harrison Barnes missing open threes and not creating <laughs> offense, and now they have the third best player in the NBA to fill in Barnes's role. So you might look at that as a plus um, overall. Interesting tidbit from uh, the preseason in 83 preseason minutes um, with those four on the floor: Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Draymond Green. The Warriors had an effective field goal percentage of 63.2. The all-time NBA record is 56.3 by last season's Warriors. Uh, they were assisted on 78% of their of their field goals made. Uh, in the three-point era, the record is 73% by the 2003 Jazz of all teams. Wow. Um, with those four on the floor, the Warriors averaged 119.9 points per 100 possessions. The NBA record is 115.6. So they, in just an 83-minute span, uh, were on um, a pace to beat the Showtime Lakers by four points per 100 possessions. A ton is going to be talked about this team. I think we just gotta we just gotta see it. What do you think? Um, over under 66 and a half. Tell me if if I'm wrong. Um... I think we talked about and I, I brought this up when we initially started talking about it when they signed him. Um, is somebody not go if they space it out the right way and move the ball like we know they can, isn't one of like arguably the three best shooters in the NBA just going to be pretty much wide open if they play it the right way? Or is that kind of... Well, just th- think about how often Harrison Barnes was left open. And was he left open quite a bit? Yeah, from the corner. That's exactly... So, see, that's what, like... If you don't have the two best scorers open, you're going to have the second best shooter in NBA history, like, wide open. Like, this yeah, is... They're, li- they're, a, they're seriously a 2K, like, cheat code. Yeah. Like, a my player. <laughs> yeah. Like, use, like, the cheat code hack. Hella rare candies and Pokemon, like yeah. This is what this team is. Um, so I see no reason why, like they, they don't have to be hot on any given night. Just when you're open, you're really going to hit most of these shots. And like, what are the chances one of these, all three of these guys, are going to be off on the same night? I don't think it's very high. And if one of them's way off, who knows? Maybe Draymond step. Like, I I don't know how you beat them in a, you know, like a seven game series. I I don't think anyone will. But even like a forty eight minute game, I don't know how you could consistently outperform them. I don't know. I'm gonna take the over. I don't think they're gonna try really hard, but I still see like sixty eight. And like 14. Yeah, my prediction is 69. <laughs> okay, next up, Los Angeles Clippers. Last season, the Clippers went 53 and 29. 
Blake Griffin got hurt in the middle of the season. He punched uh, equipment guy. Chris Paul and Blake Griffin got hurt in the first round of the playoffs. Definitely had a disappointing season. They're bringing back the core three, uh, despite trade rumors here and there. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre, also J.J. Redick, Jamal Crawford. So pretty much the same team. They added on most Spades. I think Brandon Bass. Uh, Doc Rivers was quoted as saying he does not see a difference between them and Golden State, which is hilarious. Uh, what do you think their over-under is? Like 51 and a half? 53 and a half. Oh, okay, back. So back from where they were. Do you, do you see them being a two-seed, maybe overtaking the Spurs in the second seed? I don't think so. I still think the, um, the Spurs will be number two. Yeah, I'm just sick of Doc Rivers talking so much shit. Always has an excuse for something. Still, like, talks about, like, oh, well, the Kendrick Perkins, uh, Kevin Garnett, Celtics five-man lineup, never lost. Just fucking move on, dude. Move the fuck on. He, their team inherits their the coach's style. So Doc Rivers complains for every petty foul call, everything that doesn't go their way, and that's what the players do as well. If you... Clippers games are terrible to watch. One, DeAndre Jordan is constantly hacking DeAndre, and they're always at the line slowing down the game, and the players are just always bitching about calls. And I just feel like that kind of team that inherits that kind of personality, I don't see success. They just seem super whiny. Um, Over-under is 53.5. I'll just go over because of OKC Obviously, taking a step back, I mm-hmm. think there's some wins to make up there. So, yeah. um, assuming they are healthy, I, I think over is fair. I, I, I agree. I'll agree. All right. Next up, the Los Angeles Lakers. Last season, they went 17-65, and 65, their worst season in franchise history. Uh, they signed Mozgov to the first, uh, first free agency deal of the summer. Four years, $64 million, uh, 16 a year. Um, he notoriously did not really play in the playoffs. Um, somehow that warrants $16 million a year. Um, they drafted Brandon Ingram number two overall. They added Luol Deng. They added Yijing Leon, but they just cut him today. So, And again, they uh, hired Luke Walton as their coach. Fired Byron Scott, who thought that uh, the three-point... Uh, the, the three-point tick in the NBA, it, it increasing, thinks it uh, was just a fad, and there's there's no place for it, really, and, well, he's fired, and I don't think he should ever be hired, so, what do you think their over-under is? I, I don't know, um... It's interesting Kobe's no longer there. I didn't even mention Kobe. Yeah, you probably <laughs> should have meant to mention something about him. Uh, I watched their last game of the season when he had 60 points and... Took, like, 80 shots. It was so incredible to watch. Um, the amount of foul calls he was getting away with. Brandon Bass literally pushed a Jazz defender, like, while he was setting a screen. But, like, I was kind of for it at the same time. I was just like, let him, like, go off. But I'm just so happy he's out of the league. I'm so happy he'll never make another unfair All-Star game again and... (laughs) so ready to not 
see Instagram posts about Kobe Bryant ever again on my Explore tab, even though I still do now, but I'm glad he's fucking gone. It's weird to see him go out like that. During the year, I compared him to, to Peyton, Peyton Manning, and I was like, do I think they're both, they're gonna, I can't believe both of them are gonna go out like this, but then, here we go, Peyton won the Super Bowl, and Kobe, you know, in a sense, he had he had a better personal send off, dropping sixty. But really, over the Super Bowl win? No, personal. I guess because um, he's had enough rings. Peyton needed a second. Um, yeah, I don't. The reason I brought him up was like, how much did he help things? He hurt things. Yeah, he they were better with him off the court than on the court. He yeah. shot. I think something like 35, 30. 36%. Yeah. yeah. Obviously not playing a lick of defense. Yeah. I mean, he had a great career. There's no point in just shitting on him for his last season, but he kind of fucked the team by taking all that money mm -hmm. and, frankly, being a probably a shitty teammate. Mm -hmm. I think Kobe's just a weird dude. He grew up in Italy. He was just has like weird social skills. He's like super smart. But I think he's just a really hard person to get along with, as you've probably seen throughout his career. So, the reason I brought that up... Um, Ma's got four years, 64 million. Jimmy, I mean, you can't, Christmas. You can't get over that. <laughs> they, 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 like, overplayed the market. They thought, was gonna, they thought the market was going to be insanely super high, and it was, but it just wasn't that insanely super high for a guy who... Average, I don't know, five points per game. They improved, it seems, then, in most ways. I don't know, is it over under 22 and a half? 24 and a half. 24 and a half, okay. You know, I, I want Luke Walton to do well, but I hate the Lakers. Uh, I'm just going to go under, just for the shits of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take the over, because it seems like they improved in, in most every way. And they won 17 games last year. I don't know. I'll go over because in theory it seems like they improved. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's just, you know, the ugly situation with uh, D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young or something, or the locker room. I don't know. Who knows what will happen there. All right, next up, Sacramento Kings last season. They went 33-49. and 49. Uh, They drafted... Georgius Papananginis, a big Greek guy. They got Scalabrisier. Um, they added Garrett Temple, Anthony Tolliver, Matt Barnes, and Aaron Aflalo. Uh They fired George Carl and added Dave Yeager, former Memphis Grizzlies coach. They're opening a new arena, the Golden One Center in Sacramento. Just these few first games, maybe the first 20 games, I think might be make or break and decide whether they have to move on um, without Boogie. And same with Boogie. Boogie might be looking at the team and saying, like, how this team starts is whether I can decide whether I can be around this team. And he might maybe start demanding a trade or such. What do you think? What do you think their over-under is? Like 29 and a half? 34. 
I think I'll take the under. I don't know. Because it this does seem like Oh, with all this uncertainty and not the highest of expectation. You bring up the good point that Boogie might wanna, you know, leave. Um I feel like that's usually how these blow ups happen. Where I just at some point the star's like, um, I can't deal with it. So I could easily see him leaving like mid season, so I I'll take the under. Yeah, certainly a lot of um, potential downside. Exactly. Um, for that sake, I'm going under too. But you know, these teams like the Kings or the Timberwolves, I don't want them to suck for as long as they've sucked. I want them to do well. So yeah. hopefully they do well. But I, I'm just going with under. Next up, uh, Phoenix Suns. Last season they went 23 and 59. Don't want to spend too much time on this team. Not that interesting. They drafted Dragon Bender, number four overall. Drafted Marquise Chris, um, eighth overall. They now have Earl Watson as their coach. Uh, what would you guess their over-under to be? 30 and a half? I don't know. 28 and a half. I, that's a hard under for me. Hard under. Okay. Um... Yeah, you know what? Um, I think I'll go under, too. I am taking the under as well. Going into the Northwest Division, starting off with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Kevin Durant left. Westbrook got a contract. Uh, they added Oladipo. Uh, Joffrey Lavernier from the Nuggets, who I like. And they drafted uh, Sabonis, the young Sabonis. First, I want to ask you what their over-under is, and next, I want to ask you what's next for this team. 44 and a half? Right on the money. Oh, my God. So what's next for this team? Um, do they just kind of hang out in the lower half of the, the playoff bracket? Do they somehow try to make a huge trade, or... Is it good enough just having that star in the small city? Is that good enough for this team? Is to be able to have one of the five best players in the league and not really have any chance of championship? You know, do they trade or blow it up? I mean, obviously these are questions more down the line because they are committed. Um, as Westbrook signed a um, a two-year contract with an option for the third, so for now they're tied up. But I'm looking. Kind of more down the road, maybe the next three to five years. No, that's a that's a great question. Um, trying, to, I mean, I always refer to history. Tell me if, if I'm wrong uh, to think this way, but don't these kinds of situations just don't they end up in the end? You know, as hopeless, like the Nuggets when they lost Mello. They always had that, like, fourth seed, you know, the well-rounded team. But then it just collapsed because they, you know, I feel like if they keep it the way it is, um, exactly what you said, like, they might hang around the bottom of the, like, six seed, seven seed. 
So do you think it's worth it if you're um, a team in pretty much the smallest market in the NBA? Um, if you have a top five player, do you just hold on to them as long as you can? It wouldn't hurt to, you know, maybe Oladipo is just a beast. That front court defensively, I think, is going to be really scary. But yeah, you know, their problem was that they didn't have, they didn't have shooting. Yeah, um, and, and Oladipo does not answer that as well. Yeah. So, Would how you do you like him? Bu- how do you like him paired next to Westbrook? Well, that's the thing. Like the offensive, see, they're a weird team. Like it feels like they. This is why these kinds of situations never end well because Westbrook isn't the most efficient scorer either. Like he's, I kind of wonder if they're gonna try an Indiana model like the Pacers. You see all these traits they swung with Teague and Thaddeus Young and I don't know, you maybe they got lucky with Miles Turner, but like I feel like the the Thunder kind of are stuck in that situation where like they have to hope that you know, they're not gonna get a huge they're not gonna hit the jackpot, so they have to hope like they get uh, I don't know, a mid tier player to emerge. I don't know. Yeah, so you're saying future looks unclear. Um, I think I want to spend a little time on Stephen Adams. I think he is the perfect center in the NBA. You've um, said this before, yeah. You've yeah. Loved it. I think in today's NBA, you just want a center who does the small things, sets really good screens, dives hard into the paint for pick and roll, can defend the rim, get tough boards, and make free throws, and not be a liability on the free throw end. Um and I think he does that perfectly. Uh, you know, post players, you know, in today's NBA where there's so much ball movement, um, if you do throw it into the post, most of the time that is slowing down your offense. So having a back-to-the-basket type, type post player... Roy Hibbert. <laughs> I think might be definitely sexy. It definitely feels nostalgic. Uh, 90s and then going back, you know, George Mikan days. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how you used to build your team, but I think that's definitely different. I think you want a player exactly like Steven Adams, someone who's just competent, doesn't fuck up, does little things. And I think he's going to get a big payday. I think Westbrook is a favorite to win uh, the NBA uh, MVP award this year. Yeah. Um, just because I think people assume he's going to have the ball in his hands so much, but if you look back two seasons ago when Kevin Durant was injured and Westbrook was going on a crazy streak and yeah. averaging nearly a triple d- double um, they weren't playing well they were roughly a 500 team so yeah he might put up crazy statistics but the team, that not might result in team wins so well that's what I because he has like the efficient KD right to, to right. help him, and now he doesn't have. Um, I'm gonna put, go over on this 44 and a half. I just think they're just competent enough to get. And in year 40, one. yeah, 46 wins, uh, maybe even more. Right. Um. I think I think I'll take the over also. Next up, we got Portland Trailblazers. Last season, they went 44 and 38. Kind of surprising. I think people assumed they would fall out of the playoff mix once. 
Marcus Aldridge left the team. They added Festus Azili, two years, $15 million. Um, right now, he's having foot issues. I think that guy's body is breaking down, unfortunately. Uh, they also got Evan Turner, four years, $70 million. They re-signed Crab, four years, $75 million. Um, but mostly, they're bringing back the same team. 46 and a half. 44 and a half. I think they're... Um, might be a little regressing to the mean this season. Perhaps last season they played um, above their potential, and now perhaps that could fall. Uh, Evan Turner got a big payday, uh, played well off the bench with the Celtics. Maybe some people might assume that's kind of the Brad Stevens effect, and we'll see if he thrives in um, a different type of role with the Blazers. Um, I really wanted the Crab. I really wanted uh, Alan Crab on the Warriors. I would never assume he made four years, seventy-five million. Um, I also really liked Mason Plumley. He's a guy who can um, kind of stretch the floor, and he's a good passer, and he sets screens and dives the ball well. That's somebody I wanted the Warriors to target. But once you get sure. Kevin Durant, you uh, have to rely on yeah. Um, Zaza. Yeah, short-term, uh, smaller contracts. But Yeah, I just think of the Suns a few years ago. When you said, dude, this Suns team that Hornacek, Jeff Hornacek has, this is exactly like the Warriors of the early 2000s, and they never won the, this many games. And then we saw that the Suns, as you said, regressed to the mean. So, like, yeah, you know what? I'll take the under. Um, they very well may win 45, but yeah, they're... It's like they're not going to improve a Yeah, we're agreeing a little too much, but I'm going to go go under as well. Next up, the Utah Jazz. They went 40-42 and 42 last season. Uh, they lost um, on the last day of the season last year. They had an opportunity to make the playoffs, but uh, the Houston Rockets won, and then they would go ahead and give Kobe a victory. Uh they added Boris Diaw, Joe Johnson, and George Hill. With those additions, is this the most unjazzy team ever? Um, what is the most jazzy team ever? <laughs> the most jazzy team ever is like uh, Greg Ostertag, John Stockton, oh. Hornacek, uh, that other white guy. Just a bunch of white guys is what okay. I'm getting at. Um. um. I just never imagined, like, Joe Johnson being on the Jazz, you know? No, He I, just does not seem like a Jazz-type player. No, so you're right. That's a very weird... Um, but the Boris Diaz seems like he could be a Jazz guy. He could. I could... Yeah, only because I could, like, picture him with, like, a like a really luxurious log cabin in, like, the Rocky Mountains. Well, we... I don't know where you get that from, but... Because he's, he's foreign. He's French. He has good taste. Okay. Um... This is kind of the NBA's sexy team. A lot of people are predicting they'll be the fourth seed. Why? Um, why? Were Were there injuries last year that stopped them from being good? Or why? Why were? Well, they I think th- they're looking at the additions of Boris Diaw, Joe Johnson, and George Hill last season. Okay, well, uh, they were relying on uh, last season. Dante Exum was injured um, before the season, and now he's healthy. And they're relying um, on point guards like Trey Burke and. Um, Shelvin Mack so now they have a competent point guard in George Hill and certainly a point guard lead and you need somebody to lead your team and 
distribute the ball, and now they have somebody who can do that. Wow, really? So, I feel like they would even have, like, Anthony Johnson as their point guard. Like, Anthony Johnson just seems like yeah, the yeah. fill-in point guard, even though he's been out of the league for five years. To but, be totally honest, um, I don't know. George Hill is, but he's not, like, a point guard. Like, he's not a, he's not a distributing point guard. He's not a distributor. I, when I saw him with the Pacers for a number of years, they never had... I mean, they wanted him so badly to be a, a distributor, but he just never was. And it wasn't until Lance Stevenson took over as like the distributor that they were the number one seed. And they really they started testing Miami. Otherwise, George... They had a horrendous offense all throughout George Hill's time. And it wasn't because Paul George was like, give me the ball. Um, that wasn't why. I don't think... I think the next over-under we do should be George Hill 5.9 assists per game. Yeah. I'm going to take the under every single day on that. George yeah, I guess um, saying that he's a distributor might be... Um, a little bit of an exaggeration, but a lot, a lot bit of an exaggeration. Okay, well we're going to describe a little bit. But I'm saying he knows what to do as a point guard. He knows how to run an offense. Run an offense. I don't think he does. That's what I, that's what I'm trying to say. All right, I like, think I think I that's more. I think guard. that's more Frank Vogel. But um, I that think he's be. I think he's just considering what they had previously. This is a step up, without a doubt in the point guard direction. You know, I'm glad we're disagreeing. We agree too much. I think George Hill is going to be good for this team. I hate to disagree with you again. <laughs> I didn't notice that we're dis uh, agreeing a whole lot. But um, Dante Exum, so is he the distributing point guard? Like, what what is he supposed to be? Because I've, I've never seen him play. But I don't know if he's supposed to be a super gifted passer, but people found similarities to Kobe's senior season in terms of athleticism to Dante Exum's oh. senior season in Australia. Okay. Um, so I think he just glides so well with the ball. Like, he looks like a deer, like, running with the ball. He's super bouncy. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, just quickly, now, Gordon Hayward has, like, ball-handling responsibilities, right? Yeah. Okay, so, see, like, uh, I think George Hill in that sense is, is perfectly fine. If you're again, if you're expecting to be the lead point guard to run an offense, um, I don't know. I don't know who who actually thinks that, but yeah, and you know, kind of as like a coalition, mm -hmm. a kind of a committee. Yeah, I think he's he's like perfect for the Warriors. He plays good defense. He can shoot decently, and he can pass okay. He doesn't slow down the offense too much. So yeah. I'm but, looking forward to Rudy Gobert and Boris Diaw. I know two you Frenchmen. Are. You love Rudy. You're obsessed with Rudy. For good reason, though. Yeah, he's a tremendous defensive player. I actually think he kind of had a disappointment. I think people were looking for him to take an all-star like jump um, you were last definitely. season. And I don't think that was made. So, rooting for Rudy. The stifle tower. The French rejection. See what happens. What do you think their over-under is? Um... On the back of combo guard, George Hill, perfect for modern-day NBA. Um, you bring up the sexiness of them to be a potential home-court advantage first-round team. Um, 
I think I'll take a little four seed. I think I'll think I'll take a are they forty five and a half? Forty seven and a half. Holy crap. Wow. You have to go under. Yeah, I wanna go under, but now I'm because that's so high and so shocking to me, I feel like maybe there's a lot I don't know. Because I can't understand how they're 47 pass. But then you have to go under. Yeah, I'll go under. All right. But I could. I'm. I, I really I'm like. Wrong. I really like them at 47, but I'll just go over to mix things up. Uh, next up, Denver Nuggets, 36 and a half wins last season. They had 33 wins. Um, they drafted Jamal Murray out of uh, Kentucky. They just seem to have a ton of pieces. Just a ton of like big men. They have uh, Nikola Jokic, who I think was like the third best rookie last year. Actually had a 21.58 PER. Had a really solid Olympics for Serbia. He actually blocked Pau Gasol um, in the quarterfinals, I think, or maybe it was just in round play. But huge block at the end of the game for when Pau Gasol was going up to a, for a layup. Two seconds left. Uh, how, how tall is he? He's a seven-footer, I think. Possibilities about trading for Reed. Um, this is just the most mid-30s win team ever. Such a mid-30s team. Just not going anywhere. Yeah. They have so many trade pieces I mean, from Danilo, Gallinari. The, it seems that they have, they have like, annual trade pieces. They, have, they seem to have, like, half the team is, like, up for sale at the trade deadline. It seems like Farid and Gallinari have been up for trade for the last half decade. So, right. so uh, over yeah. under, what do you think? It's like 33 and a half. It's 36 and a half. I'm going well, under. I want to go under too. All right, under. Moving on to the most sexiest team in the NBA, I think, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. Uh, big accusation was Tom Thibodeau as their head coach. Uh, we're going to see how good is Carl uh, Anthony Towns in his second year. How good is Andrew Wiggins, somebody who was thought to be a tremendous defensive player but actually had some of the worst defensive stats last season. Obviously, Thibodeau being a big defensive coach. We'll see how that transforms Wiggins. Um, they drafted Chris Dunn, who uh, a lot of people like. Um, they kind of have, I won't say a mix-up at point guard, point guard, but... Obviously, are starting Ricky Rubio. A lot of talk if they should trade him or not. Mm -hmm. um, for those who don't know, Amir looks identi identical to Ricky Rubio before he had a. Now he has a long beard, but before he did. Um, Thank you. He's a good-looking guy, that Rubio. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. To what do you What do you think? What do you think their over/under is? Well, Sorry, last season they went twenty-nine and fifty-three. They kind of got hot at the end of the season. One guy that I know me and you love is Gorgie Jane. A love very him. A great defensive player. Good mid-range. Exactly. Good mid-range. He's a really good center to have in today's NBA. Yeah, and they also added Cole Aldridge, who had a nice year coming off the bench for the Clippers. Yeah. Added Brandon Rush. You know, just they're kind of filling out their team, you know, not with just the uh, young guys with potential, but... A little more veteran players just to round out the roster. I would guess they're over under. I feel like there's these are the hype teams. Um, this is such a hype team. Yeah. There's so much like 
2009 Thunder comparisons. Yeah, almost. Or 2010 Thunder comparisons when people thought they were definitely going to be better, but then they were suddenly like a solid playoff team. Yeah. Um, are they 39 and a half? 41 and a half. 41 and a half. Ooh, that is setting the bar. Um, I, I'm, I have to go over. You know how obsessed I, I love, I love Ricky. Not because, I'm not going to admit that I look like him. I'm so flattered. He does. He does. But I love, I love Ricky Rubio. I love, uh, Gorgie. Of course, I used to be a Louisville fan. Just Cat, Gorgie, Wiggins, Rubio, you said, was an excellent defensive point guard. And Thibodeau is, say whatever you want about him, but that guy can coach, in my, from what I remember. Um, Chris Dunn had a good summer league, and I think he's been good in the preseason. What's What are his expectations? Uh, well, he's coming off the bench, but I think he's kind of, um, almost kind of in a Damian Lillard type, um, kind of type of a player coming out of Rhode Island, uh, either a junior or a senior, pretty explosive, has some range, has that, like, toughness, has that, has that grit about him. I'm going under. Wow. Just because I think they're getting, people are getting a little too cute. I mean, they're going to have to jump 12 wins. Yeah, that is a lot. Going into the Southwest Division, we're going to start with the Dallas Mavericks. Last season, they went 42-40. and 40. They added Harrison Barnes, four years, $94 million. They added Andrew Bogut for a second-round pick. They also added Seth Curry. Uh, they lost Chandler Parsons. I mm-hmm. uh, just want to highlight some things with Barnes and Bogut, being that they are former Golden State Warriors. Barnes shot 35% from the field in the NBA Finals, 31% from three, and 9.3 points per game. Uh, so it certainly had a rough NBA Finals. I want to talk a little bit about his potential later on. I'm going to hit on Bogut. Opponent shot 45.2% inside five feet against Bogut, the fifth best among qualified players. And Bogut finished with the league's best defensive rating in ESPN's real plus minus on a wow. per possession basis. Bogut had an incredible Olympics coming off of a really bad knee injury in the NBA Finals in Game 5. Uh, he did have just such a bogut foul in the bronze medal game. Um, got into way too much foul trouble. That's so bogut. Um, but he's an incredible defensive player. I think people give him too much shit because he's white and he's kind of cold. But he's just an Aussie. He's a great Aussie, mate. Um, they lost Zaza. They kind of did a... Not a trade, but they swapped in a way. Bogut mm-hmm. for Zaza with the Warriors. What do you think Barnes's potential is? I quoted, I quote you as saying um, that you have to show, like you have to show some, no matter how good the team is and how, you know, in, you have to show glimpses. Yeah, exactly. You have to show glimpses, no matter how good the team is and how far back you are in the order of, you know, things. Like you have to, you have to take over the game at some point or show some glimpses some sign. Yeah, and the only time I ever really saw him do that is when they would, like, sit all their, all, like, Iggy, Steph, Clay, and they would, like, play the Nuggets, like, at the end of the season, or in the m- middle of the season. And he would have, like, 
25 and 6. Like, have a good game. But I'm kind of, I want to root for Barnes because I like him. But I kind of feel like this is the player he is. He's just your, like, fourth or fifth offensive player. Like, tries to make open shots, cuts occasionally, plays, like, some decent defense. He doesn't look, he doesn't look good with the ball. Like, he looks so methodical. Like, he's counting his steps. Like, he's thinking about his next move. While players who are truly great, like, you have no idea what they're going to do. Because they have such an incredible repertoire. Yeah. It's like they're playing, like, jazz music. Like, with the ball. No, I... To get metaphorical on you haters. Mm-hmm. Like, Pete Kobe, like, Pete Mellow. LeBron, like... Even a guy like Vince Carter, like, in his prime, like, they could, you couldn't really predict what they're going to do with the ball, and, like... Footwork, you mean? Yeah, footwork, just how they, how they handle, whether they choose to attack, pass, shoot. Barnes just seems so methodical, like, I can tell what he's trying to do. I seriously think Barnes might just average, like, 13 and 6. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so you're, you're not really all that hopeful. I want to be, but I just don't expect it to be. The argument for him is just, like, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Yeah. I really think the best-case scenario is that he's like, averages, like, 17 and 6. I, I don't see him as a 20-point-per-game score. Maybe you look, say, you know, Rick Carlisle is a top-five coach. This team will make the playoffs just because of the system and what Rick Carlisle can do year in, year in and year out. Um what do you think their over-under is? Is it 48.5? Wow. 39.5. Holy cow. Wow. Maybe I the thought one you're most far off. You know why I thought that? Because I, I thought they added Bogut. They added Barnes. I thought they were, it would reflect that. But so you got to go over. Do they still have... Um, they still have Darren? They do, right? Yeah, still got Darren Williams. I think he signed a one-year $10 million contract. Starting Wes Matthews. He's a good pick and roll, right? With I just when I see Bogan. Darren Williams, I'm like, dude, you just look done. <laughs> um, to think he was there was a Chris Paul argument. No, no, him, no. I know, you know? Oh, there was a, a major one. It wasn't <laughs> like, you know, it's it's time to ask that. Qu- it was like there. It was the question. Yeah, he was more successful. Um. Yeah. No. 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 You know what? Um. I'll just go over. Why not? I could honestly see them outproducing the the Thunder or the Blazers, um, the Rockets. You're high on the Mavericks. Um, But I'm not that high. (laughs) I just feel like 39 and a half, they could get 41 wins. That's not that much to ask. Yeah, I think they're in that range. I'm just giving it up for like the Rick Carlisle effect, I guess. So you're taking over also. Yeah, taking over. Next up... Houston Rockets, they added Brian Anderson, Eric Gordon, Nene. They lost to White Howard. Last season they went 41 and 41. Yeah. A lot of people predict, I think their over-under was like 56 wins. I think people predict they wow. could upset the Warriors in terms of, uh, in terms of wins in the season uh, last year. But they ended up firing Kevin McHale after... He signed an extension in the offseason after 10 games or so. But now they have Mike D'Antoni. 
I want to do a little something on D'Antoni. He has a 51% career winning percentage and hasn't had a legitimate successful year since 2008. Yeah. It's pretty bad with the Knicks, pretty bad with the Lakers. Um, to me, D'Antoni is, should be the most highest paid assistant coach running a team's offense, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't appear that this guy can coach two sides of the ball. Is he kind of like the anti-Vogel? Do you feel that way that Frank Vogel can't coach offense, but he's like... Back to the Pacers. I'm Back so to the Pacers. sorry, but that's a good... I mean, come on. That's The difference is Dan Tony like, damn near revolutionized the NBA. Offensively. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. He had Nash, okay, whatever. I mean, that could be the argument, is he yeah. had, at the end of the day, he had Nash, but... But you also say Nash was... He was an all-star with the Mavericks, but he was nothing like an MVP. Um, so, yeah, that's true. Um, here's their starting lineup: James Harden at point guard, Eric Gordon at shooting guard, Trevor Ariza small forward, Brian Anderson power forward, Clint Capella at center. So, they're basically forty percent of the New Orleans Pelicans who won like thirty-two games last year. <laughs> I think there's a lot of hype around this team offensively. Oh, and I, what do you think the over/under is? 42 and a half? 44. I really don't know what to think of this team. This is like that that fantasy, uh, like in a, you know, get your popcorn ready, your uh, your fantasy players going up against the Rockets. Like they, yeah. It could be nonstop. This is the ultimate fan duel opponent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is the streamer. Like, you know, I, I'm just going to start a shooting guard because they're playing the Rockets. Right. Um, yeah, I don't... I really don't know what to think of them. I feel like if you're that one-dimensional, I don't know. I, I want to go under. Yeah, I'll go under, too. Next, we have New Orleans Pelicans. Last season, they went 30-52. and 52. They added Solomon Hill, four years, forty-eight million. Etwan Moore, four years, thirty-four million. <coughs> they added Terrence Jones and Lance Stevenson. Um, Anthony Davis has never played seventy games. Coaching is Alvin Gentry going into his second year. He has a career forty-six percent winning percentage. It's his fourth team. Um, I kind of have the same argument with him. As D'Antoni, I think he should be one of the highest paid um, assistants in the league, running the team's offense. I just think once you're in your fourth team, once you've been fired that many times, it's just, what are you expecting from them? I, w- I actually didn't know he was a coach three different times. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought he had only one um, stint. But... Uh, I just don't think this team is very good. I'm going to guess it's like, 37 and a half? 36 and a half. 36 and a half. We're going to have to see if Anthony Davis can play 70 games. He never has. Uh, if they have enough firepower. Yeah. Um, I'm going under. I don't, I, it's always dangerous when you have a superstar like Anthony Davis. Because they could have like that MVP season. I mean, it wasn't long ago that he had that expectation of he could be MVP. Right. Um... 
Do you think they got worse from last year or better? I just... I don't see much change. You don't I mean, see net improvement? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Solomon Hill, you're expecting him to be better than Ryan Anderson? I don't I don't know about that. He's a different type yeah. of player. Yeah, no, no, no. I, no. Um, they actually... Um, Drew Holiday's going to be out at the beginning of the season. His wife has, like, a brain tumor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, that was a sad note. Uh, <laughs> um, All right, hurry up. Over-under. I don't know. But just quick on Solomon Hill, he's only, like, 220, right? Yeah. Anderson's, like, a power forward. He's, like, 6'10", 240. Yeah. They're going to play Solomon Hill at four? He'll be playing minutes at four. I don't yeah. know if he'll be... He probably won't be starting at four. If I'm not mistaken, he did... Play minutes at uh, yeah. four for the Pacers. Here we go again to the Pacers. Backs at the fucking Pacers. Um, they have Lance Stevenson. No, I know. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm going to take the under, actually. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Last season, they went 42-40. and 40. They signed Mike Conley to five years, $152 million. Right. Chandler Parsons, four years, $94 million. Fired Dave Yeager, added David Fisdale as their coach, um, assistant coach on the Miami Heat. Uh, still trotting out kind of the same same squad, but this time with Chandler Parsons. I don't know, not much to say about this team. They were stuck at like 49.5 to 50.5 year in, year, year in, year out. Now they're 53.5. Uh, I just blew it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and I, was, I was actually, wow. Um, what were you going to say? Like 45 and a half. Yeah. And I was going to take the over. Um, is everyone healthy? Because we're... I think Pau... I think Pau... Oh, sorry. I think Marcus Gasol is healthy. So are they all healthy? I think going into the season... They're fine? They're fine. Okay. I'll take the over. They should smash that if they're healthy. But you're <sighs> telling me... Dude, you agree. I mean, you don't have to... <laughs> They went one and nine in their last ten games last season. Okay. They had like twenty. They had like twenty three different players throughout the season because they were so injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just take the over. Uh, on this you know you want to take the over. No, nope. taking the under. Okay. Lastly, San Antonio Spurs. They lost Boris Diaw, Boban Marjanovic, David West, Andrea Miller, Kevin Martin, and Tim Duncan. That's a lot of losses. Um, who did they add? They added Pau Gasol, David Lee, and Dwayne Dedman. Tim Duncan is um, is back with the organization as Greg Popovich said coach of whatever the hell he wants. So wow. I think he's going to be involved uh, with this team. Obviously not playing. Um, if this is what will help transition them with leadership. Um, there's been rumblings of LaMarcus Aldridge wanting to be traded. He denied that, but... Wow. I think they're... I think... I don't like LaMarcus Aldridge. I think he's... I think there's something weird about him. Something suspicious about him. There's always little things you hear, whether it was in Portland, about how Damian Lillard was marketed more than him. I think if you're hearing something, it might be true. But um, wow, I think wow. it. I think if you're a Spurs fan, you think uh, 
that organization is strong enough to withstand those kind of distractions. Or maybe they just don't put up with it and they will trade him right away. Uh, so, well, two things about about them quickly, the Spurs. Uh, are you a little surprised? I didn't know Duncan was back already. I thought Duncan would want to take like a year off or two years off or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's very strange. He's been playing like half his life. Yeah. Literally half his life. So, uh, surprising... It's the only thing I know I'm going to keep doing it. I thought he would want a year off. Yeah, I don't know if he's... I don't think he's going to be, like, a guy on the bench. Oh, okay. I thought he was going to, like, travel with the team. I don't think... I mean, maybe. Greg Popovich isn't being very forthright about what his role is, to Duncan's role is. But I think he'll be there every practice. Maybe, like, in a consulting-type role. Again, unclear. I just think it's... It's it's cliche, but it's, it's the Spurs. I know they don't have Duncan... Pau Gasol is a really good offensive player. Um, I do think there's some going to be some problems with the point guard position. Tony Parker is just not a starting caliber point guard. Anyway. His athleticism has really dropped. Really? Wow. Um, and I just think Patty Mills is perfect as a backup. It just... Scoring energy, that's just what you need in a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. And he's really good at that. They drafted um, DeJounte Murray out of um, Washington. Mm-hmm. And he is very unspurs-like in a way. He's a freshman and super athletic, and I think he's going to be good. Okay, so, but for the for the very, very near term this year, you're not all that hopeful about them, it sounds like. I mean, how uh, hope, hopeful in what sense? I mean, it's the West. The Warriors are going to win it, you know? Well, yeah, no, no, no. But it's just like Parker's nearing the end. Um, Aldridge might want to get traded. Uh, Duncan retired. They lost Boban. I mean, they did add Powell, but Powell's like 35. He's nearing the end. So, I mean... This could be that weird team that it just doesn't work out. It just falls apart. They wow. f- they fall off a cliff. No, it, it sometimes happens to the best of them. It just happens. Um, what do you think their over under is? I still think people are gonna give them like I don't know, fifty seven and a half. Fifty six and a half. Fifty six and a half. They won sixty seven games last year. No, I know. Yeah. Um, I, and uh, that's what I'm, like all the things you said. They went forty-one uh, at home, forty and 40 one at and home. One. Yeah, no, no, I know. I think I'll take the over. I want to take the under. I'll take the over because Spurs. All right, as we did on the last podcast, we're gonna pick our three locks. Number one for me, the Golden State Warriors, sixty-six and a half wins. I have the over. Uh, just ton of firepower. Uh, next, Phoenix Suns, 28.5 wins. I'm taking the under. Uh, don't see enough depth on that team. Third, I'm going with Oklahoma City Thunder, 44.5. Eh, I'm just going to pick the over. I feel like they have enough to, for, for 46 wins. Okay, well, um, my first one, um, you know what? I'm going to go the Mavericks, uh, 39.5. Seems like they got better. Um, Bogut could get hurt, of course, and totally ruin it. I, I don't 
you know, I can't discount that. But it seems like they got better. You can't totally predict for injuries. They have a good coach. I'll take the over. I think that's a lot. They'll, they'll be a playoff team, and they won't get in the playoffs at 40 wins. But I think they'll get, like, 45. So uh, my other luck, um, the Memphis Grizzlies, yeah, that's, just, that's just a lot because they added Chandler Parsons. They are allegedly healthy, and at 43-and-a-half, they won 42 last year, and you, you said, like, they had, like, 25 different players. Um, that's a lock for me to be over. The Sacramento Kings um, at 34 wins. Every single guy on that team, except for Willie Cauley-Stein, could be somewhere else by next year. Like, literally every single one. Ty Lawson just got on board. You know, that's like his third team in a calendar year. You know, Cousins could get traded. Aaron Aflalo, I didn't know he was still playing um, legitimately. I, he was a big name in 2010. I feel like every guy on this team, it seems, uh, could be somewhere else by year's end, except for like Willie Cauley-Stein. I think they're a lock for under 34, and I feel like the Lakers are going to outwin them. That's Armour's big prediction. Um, Lakers outwin. I don't know how seriously I, I think that, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. All right. Well, we did it. We finally got through it. After years and years of fake podcasting over the phone, we finally did our NBA preview podcast, and we did two of them. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you, again, follow us on Twitter at OutofPocketPod, SoundCloud dot com slash the out of pocket podcast itunes search the out of pocket podcast rate and review and if you want to leave us an email out of pocket podcast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from our loyal listeners anything else um no I oh nba uh finals predictions warriors Cavs. uh it's gonna be the first time ever in nba history where Two teams met three years in a row. You can lock that in. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it, just a quick note on Cube's uh, prediction a few years ago. If LeBron James has a good defensive team around him, he'll make the finals for the next, like, eight years. In the East, yeah. In the East, in the East. And, you know, the Warriors got KD. So, right. Um, All right. Yeah. We need a we need a cool sign off, so we're gonna work on that. Tits.